you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a solution for low B1. Zobria. Zobria is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells to stop functioning properly, resulting in numbness, tingling, burning, and pain in the feet and legs. It may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to improve the functioning of these nerve cells. You can get Zobria risk-free by going to zobria.com. That's zobria.com and get 20% off with coupon code Hoffman at checkout. This offer is only available to Intelligent Medicine listeners. That's zobria.com. Vitamin B1 perfected. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hopman. Today, we're going to talk to Nathan Jones, who is CEO and founder of Clear, Inc. Clear is the maker of xylitol-based products, hence the spelling of Clear, which is confusing. It's spelled X-L-E-A-R, but pronounced Clear, uh, not Zlear. You know, X is sometimes a Z sound, but it's Clear. Uh, clear... Uh, makes a, a whole range of products that uh, are used in protection against uh, dental problems, uh, as well as for respiratory problems. There's a, a line of nasal drops and sprays as well. And um, we talked to uh, Nathan uh, a few months ago, and he informed us that there was uh, an application for an EUA for clear nasal spray as a means of potentially slowing the onslaught of COVID. Well, when you mention COVID and a natural product together in one sentence, uh, sometimes <laughs> it gets pretty hot and heavy. Uh, but so a lot of listeners have said, well, you know, what became of that? You know, I opined that it wasn't very likely that we'd get an EUA for it. It's hard enough to get an EUA for a vaccine. And those are the only things that have received an EUA, uh, except for certain medications like monoclonal antibodies. Uh, so what's the likelihood that a natural product is going to obtain an EUA? Uh, Nate Jones is going to provide us with an update. What's happening? Well, it's just stalled there at the FDA. I mean, they're coming back and asking us questions like, uh, what time of year were the grapefruits harvested? What fields <laughs> were they harvested from? No. Uh, you know, and we've kind of just were, kind of, you know, were any endangered species, uh, uh, you know, harmed in the in the harvesting of the <laughs> of the clear yeah. material? I mean, and they're coming back with what we think are are just time consuming questions to delay the process and kick it down the road. If they and, and this is my opinion, but I believe that if they really had any true interest in in solving this issue, they would be. Uh, a much more forthcoming and saying, you know what, you have studies, you have science, let's read through those, and if there's a way that it works, then it works. So there was and, a big article that hasn't been what they're doing. So th there's actually a big, I was really surprised to see media coverage of this. There was an article in Newsweek about this. Can you tell us what, what the article was about? 
I don't know. I'm still just gushing that I got my name talked about in Newsweek. <laughs> but you know, I guess they were just they were summarizing uh, the uh, you know this. Uh, th- there's also a, uh, an effort online, uh, a citizens' petition to uh, get uh, FDA to approve the EUA, right? No. The, the, so the citizens' petition is to get the CDC oh. to start discussing nasal hygiene. Oh, okay. As as part of what they're they're protocols are for COVID. Okay. It's not, it's not specific to clear. It's not. Okay. Um, it really goes out. And I mean, because so, so we've known, I mean, so, so I don't know how to, how to describe this in, in a short time frame, but we've known since March of 2020, that 90% of the viral load is located in the nose. Mm-hmm. There were studies that were published in the journal American medical association that were funded by the NIH that were done at Vanderbilt where they just used salt water Mm-hmm. And they had 80 people who tested positive, who had COVID, who had symptoms. They used nasal irrigation, salt water, nothing else, and all of them got better. You know, and I think it's surprising to me. I, I think the theory that is the CDC that doesn't. Yeah, talk I, about it. I, I think the theory is that in the early phases of COVID, it infects the nasal passages primarily because it's inhaled, and then it does its job there. It you know, adheres to the tissue and then it replicates and you get a whole bunch of uh, production of viral uh, particles. Uh, And then, you know, via gravity or post-nasal drip, it then descends into the lungs. And when it gets to the lungs and if it adheres in the lungs, that's when you start to get really serious problems. And then it actually goes in your general blood circulation. You have a, you know, critical case of COVID. uh, And then you're on that slippery slope to going on a ventilator and potentially dying of COVID. So they're even talking now about nasal vaccines. They're saying that uh, injecting the whatever it is that they, you know, the RNA into your arm uh, doesn't provide as much protection as if they uh, put some stuff in your nose. So they're actually actively exploring nasal vaccines. So that's kind of a plausible thing. Uh, you know, is it reasonable to suggest that maybe people who are exposed, you know, maybe they go, they're out and about and they're in a situation where they're a little insecure about possibly getting exposure that maybe they use, uh, a nasal wash or, or clear, uh, to reduce their risk of, um, you know, contracting COVID or, you know, that the virus might replicate in the nasal passages? Well, I can't actually answer that question because our great and glorious government would get a little angry right. if I answered it. Right. So, so exactly. Um, In other words, you, you know, can't make quote claims. Claims like that are yeah. considered uh, I mean, over the let me, top. Let me let me explain how how ridiculous the way our government regulates this is. That let's say I'm washing my hands because mm-hmm. they're dirty, mm-hmm. and I want to wash them so that they smell pretty. Mm-hmm. That is a cosmetic claim. But if I want to wash my hands using the same bar of soap because I've been in a hospital and I want to make sure I don't transmit anything to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Well, now that's a drug claim. Mm-hmm. The same thing. And and so they're coming in and saying, we can't even say washing your nose helps wa- I mean, helps do anything. There are mm-hmm. studies showing that it does. Right. If you make a disease claim, in other words, drug, uh, the analogy would be washing your hands to prevent uh, hepatitis A or something. You said this, this, hand, this soap prevents hepatitis A. No, you can't say that. You can say that it's going to help, you know, keep your hands clean you know, and uh, maybe uh, eliminates bacteria or something like that, but you can't make a disease claim. And, and see, no, and, and you're correct. And the, and the problem is, 
from the place where you're saying this this would let, let's I'll, I'll use Hep C because I don't want to get into the whole COVID thing because our government will get a little antsy about it. Yeah, I mean it's a hot button have, issue. It, it definitely is. Yeah. If you come in and say washing your hand, washing your hands with this with this bar of soap will prevent you from getting Hep C, that's a disease claim. But just washing them because you want them to to feel good, that's a nothing claim. But the, the space between that is a huge space, yeah. and that's where the grayness is. Yeah. And so we, at Clear, for 20 years, because we discussed this with the FDA 20 years ago, okay, we have been able to, to say on our packaging that xylitol blocks bacterial adhesion of strep pneumo, H. flu, MCAT, SAP, all the bacteria that we have studied. And, and that's been, do- that that's been scientifically documented. That's not speculation. That in study after study, Absolutely. it's been shown. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And and there are studies showing that xylitol, this is not a product, I'm not making a claim for our nasal spray, I am making a statement that the University of Tennessee did a study and they mm-hmm. showed that xylitol blocks the ability of the SARS-CoV-2 virus to adhere. Mm-hmm. So the FDC came after us and said, now you can't say this. Mm-hmm. And we said, tell us how that's any difference in saying it stops the strep pneumo from adhering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. Well, We've been doing it for 20 years, and now all of a sudden you're coming in and changing the rules. Well, you know, and then that's really what they did. I, I think you know, and, and as I shared with my audience, and you know, I think you you heard a uh, a a sound check of that my discussion. I said, you know, I think it's a very courageous but quixotic stance that Nathan Jones is taking because you know when you tilt at windmills. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't get anywhere and it, it is a little bit like that. Uh, and you actually, uh, you know, when you step forward and, and make a truthful claim, uh, it gets you in the crosshairs. So, you know, I, I admire your, your courage, your spunk, uh, your idealism in trying to bring these products, uh, to the attention of the American public because, uh, it would be, I think, a great service to the public if, uh, if the government would accede to that and say, hey, you know, we're not saying that this is a panacea, but, you know, it's part of an all of the above approach to the virus. You know, yeah, vaccines, yeah, masking, yeah, social distancing, whatever. And yeah, a whole raft of new drugs uh, that are in the pipeline. But um, we need an all of the above approach. And if this could help even 10 percent, you know, perhaps more, uh, it's going to reduce the toll. So, you know, that would be a reasonable stance. I think there's a knee jerk response by the government to say, look, if uh, we suggest that a simple measure like uh, using a nasal spray that you can buy over the counter for a couple of bucks uh, is going to help COVID, then a lot of people are going to rely on that and then they won't take the vaccine and then they won't social distance and that they're going to party hardy and they're just going to spray stuff up their nose. (laughs) That's how much uh, trust and confidence they have in the wisdom of of the American people. Well, and I I would actually, so to, to, to put this into perspective, Okay, you know the big study that came out of Bangladesh where they looked at the masks. Uh, yes, I'm familiar. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's so if you look at that paper, um, you know, and, and and they were coming out and saying, I mean, the government, the media was coming out and say, so see, it works, it works, it works. And I'm calling baloney because if you read it, the people, the kids that were that they gave all the masks to, less than a five percent effectiveness. Okay. They got up to a 30-something, I think it was 32 or 30, let's say 35% effective, mm-hmm. with the people over 60 who wore surgical masks, who they put signs in the inside their houses reminding them to wear their masks, and who they sent three text messages a day to reminding them to wear their masks. 
Right. Okay. And that one, it only got to 35%. Okay. Now you go and you look at the study that they did at, at uh, Vanderbilt, looking at salt water. You go look at the one that's it's out for peer review right now that was done down in Georgia by Dr. Amy Baxter. Um, and yeah, you can go on, on BioRx and see it. She got extremely similar results to the one at, the, at Vanderbilt. But you have this where using salt water and washing your nose, 100%. Wow, and I'm not going to say that it's always going to be a hundred percent, but you've got a now you've got two studies with 160 people, and every single one of them was testing positive. Every single one of them had symptoms. Every single one of them got better. So if if you can take this with the math and it, and and you know you're getting a range from five to 35 <clears> percent, and you're saying it's a huge success, well then why aren't you taking the one with the salt water and also saying it's a success? Exactly. And the only reason that I can think yeah, it, for it's that it's they're they're playing favorites. They're playing favorites. I mean, the mask I think exactly. is the favored recommendation of uh, <laughs> governmental authorities, and they can't get well, I, past I, that. I, and, I, and by the way, I'm, you know, we're not saying. I, I think you'll agree, we're not saying that masks are inefficacious. They do offer some partial protection. They're just not, you know, this uh, impregnable barrier against the virus. Uh, no one should, you know, have confidence that that alone will protect them. And I 100% agree with that. I provide N95 masks to anybody at my company that wants to wear them. And and more power to them if they want to. When I go out in public, if I go into some place where I think I might have a problem, I wear them. I carry them with me in my car. I have them, you know, when I'm going. I, when I'm flying, obviously I'm wearing. I don't even complain about it. Okay? What, what, because I do understand that they do work. But you also, you know... Uh, you know, you walk the talk. I mean, you use uh, nasal irrigation with uh, clear nasal spray, uh, especially after you've had a potential exposure. I mean, I, you just told me recently that you're on the East Coast. You know, presumably you flew from Utah and you were on, you were on a plane. I mean, you know, what do you do? You know, you go to the, the men's room in the, in the uh, airport or when you get to your hotel room and you, you know, spray yourself with, uh, you know, uh, saline uh, clear nasal spray. I, I do it. And I mean, not only that, but I have been inside hospitals and clinics where they're treating people with COVID because we're doing research in some of those places. So we're going in there. We're interacting with them. And I've been to, I mean, during the past year, I mean, I've been to six countries. I've been traveling, you know, a fair amount here in the U.S. I've been to Florida a number of times. Um, I'm trying to think where else. I mean, I've been all over. And I've not even had a sniffle. Wow. Okay. Well, okay, look, I mean, suffice it to say, I mean, I, I think it is a, it's a courageous like stance. It to, hang on. I would like to say it's 100% because of the mask, but I'm going to go that it's probably a combination of all of the things that I do that, that I, I, you know, other than wearing a mask, the things that I've done for 20 years. Right. To make, you know, to maintain uh, your overall uh, uh, immune uh, surveillance. And protection. Okay, so uh, I don't want to spend the whole time on this, but one more detail is if people want to support the citizens' petition, where do they go? Um, if you go to our webpage, there's a just go to clear.com, xlear.com, and there's a little pop up window that'll pop up and say, hey, if you want to sign the petition, sign the petition. Please, you know, push it. Okay, good stuff. You start. know, it's, it's not pushing for clear. We just think that. We ju- I mean, it's, it's just bizarre that our, that our public health officials have not 
told people to do something so simple mm-hmm. that a there's there's zero downside to it, right? Zero. And, and on a on a similar vein, and, there's also as you you may be well aware, there's there's evidence that gargling is you know, gargling simply with salt water or gargling with uh, a very dilute iodine solution, not drinking iodine, but, you know, very dilute, a few drops in, in a, a glass of water, uh, or using, uh, you know, some herbal thing like uh, green tea or oregano uh, also may have protective effects. Again, not a perfect bulwark, uh, but, um, you know, these might be beneficial uh, personal hygiene methods to uh, reduce one's susceptibility. So, you know, we're talking about the, the same respiratory tract. It starts in the nose, it goes down in the throat, it goes, you know, extends in the lungs. Um, you know, that's where the virus attacks. Yeah, and I, you know, I do that. I use a mouthwash twice a day. Okay. All right, let, so. let, let's let's switch gears because there's another uh, important, we actually, we're going to talk about this front and center, but I wanted to uh, discuss the, um, uh you know, your initiative to uh, push the health authorities to acknowledge the benefits of uh, nasal irrigation and nasal, uh, the nasal passages. But there's, let's switch gears to a few inches lower. We're talking about the mouth. Uh, new research, uh, research published in the Journal of Dentistry, uh, finds ingredients in Spry, that's the brand name of your company's uh, toothpaste and mouthwash and these. Uh, little uh, pastilles, uh, as well as I think there's a liquid form of this, uh, are more effective in hardening enamel, protecting teeth, and improving oral and systemic health. What's up with that? So this started a couple years ago. Um, In fact, I think it started, did you come to the meeting that we had down in Cancun like five years ago? Yeah, that was really, really fun. So it would have started then. But there was a dentist that had come up from Brazil, and he worked at one of the universities in Brazil. And so he started talking with Dr. Cannon. And, and Who's been a guest here on Intelligent Medicine. Yeah, you know, he's been one of our <clears throat> featured guests. Yeah, he, he's a extremely intelligent. I mean, he's I, I love talking to him. But they actually uh, asked us if we would make some, some toothpaste samples for him, and we did. Uh, and this is four years ago now, so that they could go and do these tests. And so they did some where they did it in, in vitro, you know, not in live In stuff. a test tube, yeah. Um, yeah, and to see how it affected the calcium. But what they did is they took this trimetaphosphate uh, mineral and they anonized it. And don't ask me how they did that. They probably just sonic thing. I don't know what they did. In fact, I should find out um, how is they made like it. like nanoparticle um, they, technology or something like that? Yeah, but it's but it's trimetaphosphate. It's a mineral. Okay. Okay. But then what they did is they mixed that with with uh, into the toothpaste and used it on cow teeth. And what they found is that it made the it made the enamel forty percent stronger, even going to a to a depth about six times the depth that fluoride gets to. Wow. And, and the reason why is because it just pulls the calcium in further into the enamel. And they even did that. So with toothpaste that they normally have, you have either nine, between 900 and 1,100 parts per million of fluoride. 
and whatever side of the wagon, you know, the, the, the field you're on with, with fluoride, what they do know is that fluoride does cause, it does help your T3 mineralize. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is a toxic element. We know that too. Um, some people don't want to use it. Some people do. Um, I think that using, this is my personal opinion. I think that using it systemically is pretty dumb. Um, I think that using it in a, like a toothpaste or a, or a mouthwash and spitting out as much of it as you can, because the only way that it works is topically. Once it goes systemic, all it does is damage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I'm not, you know, I have a system here in my house that makes sure it gets the, wa- the fluoride out of my water. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't want anybody coming after me for that. But And you, and you have, but, you have um, young kids and you tell them, to, you know, uh, brush your teeth with Spry that has a little fluoride in it, but don't swallow it, please. Yeah. And, and But this stuff is... It, I mean, it's it's amazing. I mean, it, it's night and day different. And you can go to our webpage, and the studies are posted there. And it was published in the, you know, it's a peer-reviewed journal. It's, you know, but what it does is it makes it stronger, it makes your teeth a lot stronger. And that's the whole purpose. And, you know, we're going to have to take this and, and go the rounds with the FDA to try to get them to allow us to do this. But they even showed that even using 200 parts per million, Instead of 900 to 1100, which is the standard toothpaste, the standard toothpaste has yeah. high dose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so even using 200 parts per million, we were getting better results than what a, a regular toothpaste was getting. So, so this, this stuff that you just talked about, uh, which is the uh, TMP, uh, I call it TMP for short, nano size trimetaphosphate, call it TMP. Uh, it's kind of like hamburger helper for the for the fluoride. It it extends its efficacy, so you need to use less. Correct. Okay. But, so let's pause that's on that. That's exactly what it does. Let's pause on that note because I want to talk a little bit more about uh, the uh, Spry Dental Defense products. Uh, I've been using Spry for a long time. Uh, Spry dental products uh, and clear nasal products are available at. Uh, uh, Wegmans, uh, Walgreens, CVS, Vitamin Shop, Rite Aid, uh, all over the place, uh, and most natural products retailers nationwide. You can also purchase it online from xleaar.com, and uh, you can even get it on Amazon. Uh, let's continue with our discussion of um, prevention of dental problems, uh, especially the new improved version of Spry toothpaste. I use Spry toothpaste. I'm anxious to try the new Spry toothpaste. Um, When we return, today's guest, Nathan Jones, CEO and founder of Clear Inc. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.